Welcome to the Dragon Beast Movies Podcast. I'm Ned. And I'm Joe. In this episode, we're going to talk about The Fifth Element from 1997, which stars Bruce Willis, Mia. Jovovich. Yeah, that one. Gary Oldman, Ian Holm, Chris Tucker, Luke Perry, and many others. So, Joe, what'd you think? Ned, uh, I didn't know what to expect with this movie. Um, and I know I say that and it's like, oh, surprise. Joe didn't know what to expect because he didn't watch the movie. But mm-hmm. uh, Fifth Element was another one of those ones. It's it's out there. It's been out there forever. It's pretty mainstream. Yep. You know, you hear about it. People talk about it. Like I knew about the orange haired girl with like the the white lined bikini type thing that she was wearing. Mm-hmm. I knew Bruce Willis was in it, uh, but I figured it was going to be like a, a very serious uh, sci fi movie. It was very tongue in cheek. Yes. <clears throat> and I yes. and I loved it. Good. I loved it. Absolutely loved it. Uh I thought I thought it really hit some of the strong things that like a sci-fi should hit, you know, like um the uh the sci-fi stuff was somewhat believable. Um you know, like <clears throat> as a Doctor Who fan, they went for the whole aliens through time kind of thing, you know, where they start out where the aliens come down to Egypt um, mm-hmm. and basically meet with a, an Egyptian priest who knows of them and is keeping their secret. And it's very, I mean, it's believable stuff. Like I could, I could totally see that being a thing. Um, so <clears throat> I thought that was cool because it's it believable in, in that fact. Um, and then, uh, you know, you get to see as the movie progresses, there's different alien factions um, kind of very, very much down the line of, I guess more like Star Trek. It kind of reminded me. It's giving me some vibes of Star Trek. I guess not. Okay. Not necessarily in <clears throat> the storytelling or anything like that. Not but that like, they're out there exploring, but it's more of like just the feels of it. You mean? Yeah, like you have you have Earth's president out on a yeah on a, a starship, you know, kind of cruising around. Um, so it it kind of felt cool there. Um, I like that it took mostly on place on Earth, but it was like in the the newer Earth. Well, I guess I don't even know if it was Earth actually. They yeah, I mean, really they, said, I they said New York. So oh, did they? Okay. In the beginning for okay. where Bruce Willis was. Gotcha. Okay. So then, yeah, they do. Um, so it's on Earth and then it, it takes place on another planet um, where the uh, where the cruise is going on and then it ends up back in Egypt. And I thought that was cool. I thought it was, you know, sometimes with these sci-fi things, they try to like, oh, we're going to Omeron 52 mm-hmm. uh, and then we're going to, you know what I mean? But <clears throat> this was very much... I believe within the realm of possibility, if that makes sense. Sure. So I, I really like that part of it uh, very much. Um, and then again, I, I think what really made it for me was how tongue in cheek this movie was. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, Bruce Willis is the badass, but he's also kind of the badass that is kind of a smart ass. And uh, I kind of felt the same thing in Die Hard, how he was. Yep. Die Hard was a lot more serious than right. this. Um, but I felt like Bruce Willis's character was kind of, kind of that same thing, um, of, of being like a badass marksman and, you know, you don't mess with him, but also kind of a smart ass. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah. So he was very likable. I really liked, um, Gary Oldman as Zorg. Um, he made a good villain, uh, (laughs) but he, he wasn't, he wasn't like overly, uh, a villain. He was like a dumbass villain, which I thought was hilarious. It you know, was that, interesting. I don't know, like 
he he did good like he did his screaming thing that he's kind of known for with some movies um but one of the things i don't know if you've kind of noticed but like those two really never cross paths yeah that's true is there a reason for that no but it's one of the few movies where the like antagonists and protagonists never have a face-off never even cross paths yeah you know I, in hindsight i didn't really think of it as no, if you, on, but I mean, if you kind of look at Lilu as the protagonist, then yes, they cross paths. But um, Bruce Willis and Gary Oldman never cross paths. Well, even even with uh, with uh, Mia, she she only like crosses paths with him for like mm-hmm. fifteen minutes of the movie, if that. Um, yeah. So, but yeah, I mean, Zorg Zorg <clears throat> Zorg was a cool villain. Um, <laughs> You know, he was kind of kind of smart and witty enough to be better than the uh, the war, the war aliens. I can't remember what they were called. Um, yeah, I don't remember off the top of my head. But they, uh, you know, they were very much he was very much like one step ahead of them. But then the other side is that, like, when it came to, like, common sense and like having the upper hand against humans, mm-hmm. he, he never could. Um. Or at least, at least, if he did, it was only for like a brief moment. Um, which one of the things I wrote down, I thought was hilarious, is the whole part where he starts choking on that cherry. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, because I, I was, did really I'd enjoy never, that. Scene. I never expected that. Yeah, like Ian Holm just being there, and like he has all these gadgets and things going off that just can't help him breathe. Get the cherry mm-hmm. out of his throat. Yep, and you know, and Ian Holm being the priest, he does mm-hmm. the right thing and, and helps him. Yeah. Um, but out of that scene, I did note did note down that I need me one of those little pet elephant guys. Do you know what those remind me? They of? are adorable. What the Flintstone garbage disposal? Uh, do, yeah. Do you remember that? Yeah, from kind the of live action movie. I think yep. those were like pigs or something, but I don't know. It just had the same type of vibe for me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. Yeah, I hope I hope in real life we get those someday and that they're hypoallergenic. But mm. I digress. Um Well, I yeah, so again, probably don't have fur, right? They didn't look like it. Yeah. Um they look kind of creepily like smooth, which I don't I don't know if I'm into, but <laughs> uh anyway. Uh so yeah, Zorg Zorg was a great character. Um the priest was a great character. Uh just how ridiculously like spazzy he was. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like everything, everything was like a big deal. Um, but yet he couldn't, he couldn't like formulate a plan well enough to do anything. Um, I guess, I guess where I'm going with this is all the characters were interesting, mm-hmm. you know? Um, yeah. like I, I legitimately like was interested when they were on the, on the screen, like what were they going to do or what was the next thing they were going to do, which I, I, I loved. Um, and I, and I, of course I don't want to sell short Chris Tucker's, uh, character to Ruby Rod. Mm-hmm. That was that man was all, the most annoying person ever, and also hilarious. Yeah, I I just love his charisma and some of the scenes he was in. As far as like how ridiculous they were, like the two that I the two that I will say the most ridiculous is is first and foremost when he's on the plane and they're telling everybody to get in their sleeping pods. Yeah, and he keeps basically going down on that flight attendant. Yep. yep. This is a very uh, horny like, movie. <laughs> yeah, and it was 
just so funny because he kept coming up and like talking to her, but he was doing it as if he was interviewing her kind of thing. And then like you'd go back down and then he would come back up and he would say something else like mm-hmm. ridiculously. Over the top. Like I want all the things or all the positions yeah. or whatever it was. Yeah. Oh, my God. And then the, the, the second part of Ruby Rod that I thought was hilarious was the whole and this is a big scene. It's not really a scene. It's a good part of the movie is on that uh, on the space cruise. Uh, when shit goes sideways and mm-hmm. he's still doing his show, even though like they're under attack. Yes, that's very much. Oh my like, god! Um, a lot of current day media and people with cell phones just continuing the show. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Uh, and I specifically want to call out his screaming. Mm-hmm. Uh, that had me like dying when, uh, like he's he's under that pool table and mm-hmm. they're like skidding it across the floor and he's just screaming the whole time yeah oh my god i mean really like all the i can't i can't say enough about how well the characters were written in this in this movie in general um, i felt the writing in this movie was like very well put together i thought they pulled a lot of the kind of key sci-fi tropes into this but also kind of kept it a little bit fun and not taking themselves overly serious, which I thought was a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's even like characters that like they introduced for like a minute. Mm-hmm. Um, like that uh, was it, I can't remember his name. Was it Luke? He was like the white haired guy, like muscular white haired guy. He was surrounded oh, by I think women. his name he was, was Ray. real stupid. They called him was Ray. It Ray. Yeah. Um, and he's like, give me the gun. And he like he's like looking at him like quizzically, uh, like quizzically. And mm-hmm. he's like the gun, Ray, I need the gun. And he's like looking and he like shakes his head to confirm like he knows what he's talking about. And he throws a couple billiard balls mm-hmm. <laughs> over at him. Uh, it's just just ridiculous. But yeah, I, I, I mean, dude, I love this movie. So good. So, yeah, I, I picked on I picked up on everyone else. But yeah, Mia Jovovich, um, she did a really good job, too. Yes. Um, first off, she is easy on the eyes. Mm-hmm. Uh, secondly, um, her acting was superb. Uh, because, you know, being that, what do you, what do you, what did they call her? She's basically like an, a God given, I forget what they called her. Uh, Yeah. The fifth element. They called her the fifth element. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, she's the fifth (laughs) element, but they, they called her something else. And I'm trying to remember a primordial, basically. Yeah. Like she's never dying, always there kind of thing. Um, and how she like, probably when she was coming down to the planet and then died, Basically, because she did die, from what I understand, and they rebuilt her. She came back, but almost came back as a child who had to, like, relearn things. Mm-hmm. Is, did I pick that up right? Yes, that's ultimately she had to relearn all of the things and get her memory back. And I, I think progressively, as she spent more time doing those things, things would come back to her. Because she obviously knew, you know, about the stones, where they were, like, all that stuff that kind of set up the story. Right. Right. But yeah, it was almost like it set her back like to almost like her younger self, I guess, because if she's supposed to be like a forever living being, you know, she would she would know a lot more. But she's very much like speaking that language that she only knew. Well, I guess her and the priest knew. Yeah. But then uh, like they put her in front of the computer and make her watch everything and how she's able to like take in Kung Fu, which they play back into later into the movie where she knows Kung Fu and Mm -hmm. is able to fight. But yeah, she did a great, really good job playing like an adult woman who was kind of relearning everything, you know, mm-hmm. um, 
very good at being like in uh like curious about things and and uh and also kind of innocent in a way um yeah I, th- I thought she did a really good job too in the movie i thought it was badass when uh you know they uh they basically rebuild her um from her from her hand yep and uh the <laughs> the guy at the the uh, controls says oh she's perfect you know and then that one guy like walks up to her and starts tapping on the glass mm-hmm. and he's like this is this uh how strong is that glass and he's like it's impenetrable and she just jams her hand through it and like pulls him in i thought that was badass too but yeah i just i overall man this movie i couldn't i could not look away <laughs> yeah i the part where she keeps saying multi-pass fucking hilarious like yeah. i i <laughs> Every time she said multi pass, I was like, I was just dying because I, I thought it was hilarious. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. She knows it's a multi pass, and uh, and then you think they're done, and then she gets on the plane, and like, she as soon as she gets on, she like puts it up multi pass. Yeah, as soon as uh, he gets pulled away to talk to the Ruby Road guy. Yep. Yep. I I want to call out too. There was there was some things in there too that were pretty funny, like just min- minute details uh like i i don't you you probably noticed because you're good at this kind of stuff but like the cigarettes mm-hmm. uh they were like 75 percent filter 25 percent yep. cigarette yep. which i think is hilarious because that's kind of how cigarettes are going you know some of the uh some of the uh the parts of like his mother calling uh at all these like inopportune times and making it about yeah, her the mother like i don't know if that was intended to be there like i am assuming like this was written by i think like four different french guys um and i don't know if one of them has a nagging mother but that addition is just a nice detail and i thought that was mm-hmm. hilarious every time especially when the president was talking to oh my god he's not the president he's real stupid and you don't you don't sound <laughs> stupid oh my god so good yeah and uh even like another part that i thought was real fun was uh when uh lilu well actually when his when the military comes to uh Bruce Willis's house or apartment yep. to uh, basically set him up for the mission. And then uh, he gets a knock on the door. So he throws them in I, what I didn't know what it was at the time. Turns turns out to be a freezer. Yep. Um, and then well, he, he had knocked up. out all the shelving so he could tell it was like a fridge. Well, I, I, I guess I didn't pick up on that. I just saw yeah. the shelves come out. I thought maybe it was like a locker or something, mm. but, um, but yeah. And then, and then it moves out of the way and then it's a, it's his uh, shower and then yeah. Lilu comes in and then it ends up the cops are there. So he puts her in the shower and, you know, all that that whole scene with the cops and everything passes by. He gets Lilu out and she's. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. The priest was there, too. He hid the priest in the uh, in his uh, bed. bed. Yep. Yeah. They folded in. <clears throat> um, and yeah, and he goes to collect them all and he he pulls Lilu out of the shower, which it had like an auto rinse, um, which she. She uh, mimics that a couple times too. I, f- I think I called it was it auto rinse or auto clean or something. And it was an auto clean feature, yeah. Yeah, and she says it like three times, like auto clean. Mm-hmm. Um, and then yeah, the priest is saran wrapped in the bed uh, afterwards. <laughs> yep. Uh, and then yeah, when he gets ready to leave, he opens his freezer, and the uh, the army officials are all frozen mm-hmm. inside, which again is r- ridiculous but hilarious. And you see him later because um, they survive. Right. Right, yeah, because he's he's defending Corbin at one point um, and his actions at the uh, For the, the opera hall. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. 
but yeah, I just overall, man, again, I, I know I've said it at least three times so far, but this, this movie was a banger. Really yeah. liked it. Yep. It is a good one. Uh, which actually, you know, generally out there, there's a lot of, uh, I guess, polarization happening with this one where there's a lot of people that really enjoy it and just have fun with it, uh, which is kind of where I sit, but there are definitely a lot of people who have critique it quite harshly. In general, I really do enjoy it. I thought this was fun. As you said, uh, Mia, she just did an awesome job with it. I think, you know, this kind of led into a lot of the movies that she would get later on, which definitely have kind of more of a physical fighting type thing going on with like Resident Evil and Ultraviolet and all those action type movies that she got into because of this. So that was really cool to see. Uh, Gary Oldman. I didn't think he was bad, but I think he was just kind of doing his uh, kind of typical thing that I've seen in a lot of movies. Not saying like he's bad; it's just kind of typical. You didn't really get anything out of it. I didn't get anything new from him out of it, really. Like that whole scene where he's pretty much trying to like market that gun and be the businessman—that was a cool scene. Seeing like how you could just shoot one bullet and then everything goes there and you know, has pretty much everything under the sun. Plus it's undetectable from a metal detector. I call bullshit, but sure. Um, there's just, I don't know, not a lot of, uh, unique things from him. And then the kind of the way his storyline ends is like, Hmm. Okay. I think it would have been cooler to see, you know, him and Bruce Willis meet and have some type of interaction, but, um, they chose not to, which also works. Yeah, so I, I kind of like that because it just for as as it's, big as Zorg's ego was mm-hmm. about how big of a big of a uh, pawn he played in this whole thing. He really didn't, right. you know, and that's kind of why I liked it. Like the, the big black sphere was really the enemy the whole time. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, Zorg was just kind of a, a detour. You know, yeah, like a, but at the same time, like you have this big, like evil planet type thing that can make you bleed from a long distance. He needs a little pawn to move around. Like, okay, I don't know. That that's just one of the aspects I get hung up on with it. Plus, like Chris Tucker is definitely entertaining in this one, but I know, like when I first saw this, it was just like, God, this guy's over the top. <laughs> Which you know he's yeah, intended like, to be. I found him annoying at first, one hundred percent. But as you got to see that, that's just like the persona he kept up the whole time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I was OK with it. You know, yeah. um, I, I really liked really like the one scene. I'm sorry to keep doing this, but one scene where uh, he's like, what are you excited about? And he to, to, to Corbin and Corbin's like uh, to go to the opera. Yeah. And like afterwards, like he's, he's like, like Man, one I'm going to need, need more out of you. We green. Yeah. Yeah, and yep. and then later on, yeah, Corbin does the same thing. He's just like really like, oh yeah, I guess. Yep. <laughs> so funny. So one of my favorite scenes is kind of like the, you know, where they're handing in the tickets and boarding the ship or whatever. Like you have like so many different people claiming to be Corbin Dallas. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, the multi-pass stuff is in there, but you have the one guy who's working for Zorg just show up really late. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's just like. Yeah, you're not getting on. Or even like the uh, initial like priest companion guy um, and how the real Corbin Dallas shows up and like, yeah, get out of here, man. And he shows up and sits right next to uh, Ian Holmes character. 
Yep. He's like, wait, what are you doing here? <laughs> so, yeah, in general, this this movie is a lot of fun. Has a lot of good story writing, in my opinion, on how they kind of piece things together. Like, there is some lazy things that happen. Like, ultimately, these, you know, beings that are kind of meant to be superior, they kind of have, like, these big, bulky machines that they're moving around in that just seem like super ineffective they waddle they are slow yeah like what so i'm i'm kind of into it because uh I, again i think this is because of how much i watch doctor who mm-hmm. um th- there's a lot of that in doctor who too but like right you find out that what might be like a limiting factor for them like their speed Mm-hmm. might be something else um you don't really get to learn what that something else is with them because at first i thought it was just like because they're so armored yeah but i mean i got i guess the one part and this is this is i'm sorry i'm going on a tangent here i'm going to lean into something since you were criticizing some parts it's the one part that i didn't quite understand is when at the beginning when they're in egypt mm-hmm. uh back in whenever it was uh and that one guy shooting um at them because he saw that they knocked the professor out mm-hmm. uh that caused the uh door to shut on the um on the pyramid they were in right um there really seemed to be no rhyme or reason of why a, sh- a gunfire shot would do that you know i don't know um, comparing like that security system to the one that was actually on the like cruise ship seems like the pyramid had a better <laughs> system going on because the cruise ship, yeah. like it was like 15 minutes after the bomb was placed that the detector thing went off. All the shooting and stuff that was happening, you're telling me the security didn't pick up on that? Like we, we well, did meet the one they, security person, uh, I think his name was Frog. Right. And you could yep. tell he was kind of like the new and experienced guy who's kind of nervous. Um, and right. if he was kind of the lead security person, yeah, they were in trouble. Well, they they kind of made Fog to not be green. He acted green, but mm-hmm. at that one point, he goes, "Who's the commanding officer here?" And it was Fog. Yeah. Um. So, so I think he just batted his job. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, know? whatever it was, like I still kind of considered him green. Um, and I don't know if it. There, I have a feeling there's a cut out there where some other scenes were added that would have kind of explained some of these things. But like the Ray guy, I felt that. Uh, that might have been further elaborated on um, fog. I think they kind of like he ended up being the leader at that point. But is that because his commander had died or something? Yeah, that's just, fair. just little things like that. But, yeah, that is fair. But yeah, there's also like the the way Corbin Dallas gets on this thing for this mission is they rig a contest, which obviously mm-hmm. spreads word that Corbin Dallas is the guy that everyone needs to talk to. I don't know that that was a little bit of a like, why didn't they just get the tickets some other way? Why did it have to be some type of big game show type thing for the government to rig? And yeah, well, expose I, I was, well, I was thinking it might have been more that you wouldn't think that somebody who got lucky and won would be somebody to worry about. You know what I mean? Yeah, but it, it uh, would have been so much low profile, more low profile if he would have just been given tickets to get on there. and experience that i mean it does set up the whole like mother calling and like 
Oh, you should give me the tickets because I'm so sad. And yeah, I'm just gonna go in front of traffic. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I guess. But I guess the other side of that too, though, is if they gave the t- they were giving the tickets away anyway, right? Because mm-hmm. they they kind of established that it was rigged. Um. Even even since they gave them away to Corbin, if they would have went to somebody else, I imagine Zorg and his crew would have just tried to get on that way. You know. So I I. I don't hate necessarily that they they had Corbin be the winner, um, because if it was just some average Joe on the streets, they may have gotten the upper hand and got on that flight. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. It definitely like for the story purposes, it works because they definitely lean into that pretty heavily, especially like since everybody knows. Like, I don't understand how some of the information got to like those kind of dumber aliens that obviously like they lose their leader and they don't know what to do which is very similar to kind of bruce willis die hard coming in shooting people yeah asking questions after i don't know just just an observation yeah that's fair i again these are all like tropes that i've seen in doctor who episodes so i, mm-hmm. I don't think i question them because of that right you know um because yeah, the doctor in those in those shows gets out of situations in the weirdest ways possible. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, I think I think because just like Doctor Who, this whole movie was tongue in cheek. Mm-hmm. Um, is why it worked for me so well. Yeah, and that's definitely a, a good kind of comparison. Like I have definitely Total Recall feels from this movie. I have Blade Runner feels from it. Yeah. Yeah, in general, uh, it has a lot of those types of things going on in it, especially, you know, mostly because like it being kind of futuristic. Um, but yeah, it's also like, as I said, very like it, it has a little bit of, you know, the love story worked in there where, you know, Bruce Willis has obviously lost somebody. Um, and he's looking for the perfect woman and just happens. The perfect woman drops into his cab. Mm-hmm. And then outside of that, the movie is pretty super horny. I mean, you have the ladies handing out the meals at McDonald's. Um, yep. All the kind of <clears throat> stewardess on the ship. Yeah, it's definitely, definitely a horny movie. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, if you look at, if you look at the way society is going right now, uh, <laughs> it's not, it's not far off, man. You know. Okay. Um, yeah. I mean. <laughs> Just just observation, uh, I notice, you know, especially since I have like uh, a niece that I can see like going through the, you know, growing up and and, and all that stuff mm-hmm. like kids nowadays fashion. It's it's as much as I'm against it. It's less is less is more for kids. Mm-hmm. I mean, like they're the midriffs and, you know, stuff like that. And I I don't know. I mean, I guess I guess you could look at fashion saying, too, that like you know, it resets every however many years they say. So like, we'll probably be back to bell bottoms again at some point, but maybe not. Maybe it continues in that, that fashion. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I don't think it's, I don't think it's so far fetched as far as that being, you know, the thing sex, sex sells sadly. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, uh, the future that might be where it goes. Very possible. It's a valid point. But yeah. Your, your original statement though, about this being a horny movie still not wrong. Yeah. Definitely that. Yeah, and also, honestly, at first, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll tell you when when they reconstructed her at first, uh, 
other than like Corbin's mom being referenced, I wondered if they had like a, a woman shortage at first because of how bad they were like oogling over her mm. when, uh, when, when the they guys like, her. can I take some pictures and yeah, yeah. Yeah. I was like, have they not seen a woman? <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, so I started to wonder like, Oh, is that, is that kind of the path they're going to take is like, right. Oh, you know, there's, there's very few females left on earth or whatever, but mm-hmm. no, it was just a bunch of horny guys, horny scientists. Yeah. And I don't know. To kind of move away from that, um, one of the other aspects of this, like, I really enjoyed the scenes that they kind of had tied together when the lady was doing the opera song and how that kind of led into, you know, Zorg doing his thing and Lilu coming in doing the fights with the aliens, like, all that kind of tied together pretty nicely. Um, Agreed. I really enjoyed that aspect of it. Yeah, I, I even like the song, like, you know, it was very operatic at first mm-hmm. and, it, and it continued to be operatic, but then it went like, EDM uh, opera, yeah. yep. uh, which, you know, kind of made it more realistic that, you know, people still don't necessarily just like opera. They want they want something else. Yeah. And to be singing with those stones in you. Hmm. Yeah, about that. It's talent. It's the stones on that girl. Am I right? No, the stones in that girl. <laughs> oh, sorry. Wait, what? <laughs> what? Um, yeah. <laughs> move on, Ned. Move on. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, moving on. <laughs> So yeah, in general, I, I do enjoy this movie. I know I was kind of tearing into some aspects of it, but yeah, it's it's a fun one. Uh, mm-hmm. what, do you have an idea of what you would give it score-wise? Yes, I am going to give this one a four and a half out of five. Oh, wow. Yeah, what I really liked you? it. That's that's impressive. Um, yes, I, I give it a four. Um, it's, it's definitely got some flaws. Like um, for me, some of the, like the costumes and stuff I think are good. But there are definitely some kind of prosthetics on the different aliens that don't look as good to me. But uh, yeah, in general, like good acting for the most part, um, good story structure, uh, kept me entertained and did a good job. So, yeah, I'm giving it a four. Very cool. All right. Well, I think uh, for the next movie, what would you think about doing Pacific Rim? Uh, I like that. I like the idea. I, I, I mean, we both have a contact that is very much into this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, I'm interested to see if it's worth the hype that this person brings it to. I mean, honestly, like I, it is another Guillermo del Toro, which we, you know, we just kind of finished Hellboy. Um, and I do respect a lot of like the films he puts out. And this is definitely one that even though it kind of borrows from some other types of movies it had kind of this original view and take on it that just made it feel kind of like epic in scale and i really enjoyed okay. it because of that very cool I'm, I'm looking forward to it yeah great well i think that's going to wrap up this episode be sure to check us out on twitter at to the movies pod uh, we also have a Name the movie game going on there daily at 4 p.m. EST uh, that you can check out and see if you can guess what the movie is. Other I've than that, gotten them all right so far. You've you've gotten them all right. Nope. Uh huh. <laughs> Actually, I'm curious. Like in general, do you feel uh, you get a good majority? Fifty. I probably get about thirty percent of them. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't get them all by any, I, by any means, but I'd say I, about thirty. 
I try to make some of them obvious, some of them a little bit more challenging, uh, but usually it's something that you can, like, once you see it and see what the movie is, I'm like, oh, I remember now. So, yeah. Well, anyway, thanks for joining. Yeah, and thanks for dragging me to that movie, Ned. No problem. Bye, everybody. Goodbye. <laughs>